Hey, North Star, welcome to another episode of Digging Deeper, where we help you lock eyes with Jesus and take a step towards Him. Today's one of my favorite Bible stories, so let's dive in. Matthew 27, verse 15 through 17, God's Word says this to us. At the festival, the governor's custom was to release to the crowd a prisoner they wanted. At that time, they had a notorious prisoner called Barabbas. So when they had gathered together, Pilate said to them, Who is it that you want me to release for you, Barabbas or Jesus, who is called the Christ? This past Sunday at North Star, we were in our fourth week of our Echo series, where we look at stories worth retelling of a, of a certain character in Scripture who plays a role in God's redemptive plan. So this week, we're going to dive deeper into the life of Barabbas, as recorded in Matthew 27, 15 through 25. So just to catch us up context-wise here, at this point in Scripture, Jesus is making his way to the cross in Matthew's preceding chapters, we see that he is, he is um, betrayed by his disciple Judas. We see that Jesus is also denied by his disciple Peter. And now we see that he has been handed over to the Roman governor Pilate. And it's while Jesus is under arrest front with Pilate that we learn of one of Jesus's fellow prisoners, Barabbas. Now, it's important for us to note that Barabbas is a well-known character in this first century, that in verse 16, it says that he is notorious or that he is um, distinguished. He's well-known. And we also see in John 18, 40, that he's an insurrectionist, that he's led rebellions against Rome. And then we see in Mark 15, 7, that Barabbas is also a murderer. In layman's terms, you would say that, man, Barabbas is a thug, like Barabbas is not a good guy. So we pick up in verse 15 of Matthew 27. It tells us that at the festival, the governor's custom was to release to the crowd a prisoner that they wanted. Now, this custom around releasing a prisoner to the crowd is built around the Passover festival. Now, essentially, the Passover is one of the most important days on the Jewish calendar, as it marks and it also memorializes God's action on their behalf, of their ancestors' behalf, to release them from the bondage of Egypt. Now, we see this, and this, this, this story takes place in Exodus chapter 12, and it's when the Lord passes over the sins of the Israelites, and this is the way that he leads them out from the slavery and the tyranny of Egypt. So as a result of this, the Passover festival that's taking place in Matthew 27, it's marked by the utmost political and religious fervor, especially for the Jews as they are experiencing a similar oppression, a similar, similar, similar tyranny, a similar um, slavery as they did to Egypt, but now it's with Rome. So in a sense, there's this soaring expectation that maybe this would be the year, maybe this would be the time that God would finally set us free from Rome in the same way that he did for the same way he did for our ancestors with Egypt. So the Romans being strategic here, being tactful in order to silence the Jews, in order to, to allow for them to be satisfied and content, the Roman governor would release to them one prisoner, almost as, a, as an escape valve or, or, or a release valve of the tension and the pressure of the Passover festival. So verse 17 then states, who is it that you want me to release, Barabbas or Jesus who is called the Christ? So we've got Barabbas 
and we've got Jesus Christ. I want you to imagine there are two chairs on the platform. And in one chair, the chair on the left sits Barabbas. And in the chair on the right sits Jesus the Christ. And as they sit beside one another, side by side, you're going to see some pretty remarkable parallels between their names and pretty remarkable differences in their character and conduct. So let's take a look at this. We have Barabbas. His name literally means son of a father in in a simple sense, that bar means son, and it's Abbas, it's really Abba, which is father. We see that that Barabbas is the leader of a physical revolution against Rome, that he's a murderer, and he's guilty. And then we've got Jesus Christ, and Jesus is the heavenly son of the father, that he is the leader of a spiritual revolution against sin, darkness, and death, that he's perfect in all of his ways, and that he's guiltless. See, these parallels are not accidental or coincidental. That God draws our attention to the stark contrast between the guilty Barabbas and the innocent Jesus. So what will Pilate do? What, who will the crowd choose? It seems obvious. Of course, you release Jesus Christ, the innocent and guiltless one. But the story does not unfold that way. Here's what we cannot miss from this passage. We are Barabbas. That we carry an undeniable guilt before a holy God. That the fabric of our DNA rebels against God and his rightful rule. That we have chosen our own way time and time again. That we stand as guilty as Barabbas. And so just some questions for us to think about today. Do you feel the weight of your sin? That do you feel the weight of your choices that have gone against God? That on our own, we stand no chance. We deserve justice. Yet next to us in that chair is the Savior of the world. And tomorrow we're going to unpack the rest of the story. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you for your word. We pray that by the power of your spirit, we would, um, Lord, see ourselves um, in this story, God, that um, the guilty one stands next to the guiltless one, and one will be set free. So help us to see us, our, see our sin today, God, to call it what you call it. We pray this through the Son and by the Spirit. Amen.